welcome back to the show. I hope you didn't miss me too much. So we're going to dive right in because I want to give you the good stuff. And if you can't tell, I'm super excited. So I'm going to be sharing with you today the story behind Laughing Through Life, where the birth of it came from, where the Tony freaking Fonte show came from, and why I chose that. Because it's dear to me, it's very special to me, and I'm very passionate about it because there's a lot behind my story. A lot. And I'm not going to be able to share all that with you today because we'd be here for hours and you may fall asleep or you may go end up in a freaking different country. I don't know. But we are going to share the summarization of the Tony freaking Fonte show, how I got to here, where I'm at, everything I've gone through, all the trauma, all the, the shit that I've been through, the pain, the suffering, where I was, how I was showing up in the world. I should say the lack thereof showing up. And I'm going to walk you through briefly of where I was, the breakthroughs that, that got me here, how I do what I do, and who I am today that created the Tony freaking Fonte show, laughing through life, less struggle, more fun. So let's dive in. I'm going to take you back to the beginning, to the beginning of time, really, the beginning of time. Um, I'm just kidding, really, about where I was, how I was showing up. I used to be an extremely toxic guy, extremely toxic. I was very angry. I was bitter. I was resentful. I was insecure and at times narcissistic. And if we really want to look at our lives, and I'll get to that here shortly, we're all narcissistic at times. And I'll get to that. Just So sit on that for just a moment. But I'll get to that, why I say that, why I believe that. But I was just this just train wreck of a guy. And I hated it. But that's all I knew. That's all I grew up with. And no matter what I seemed to try to get past it, I'd always fall right back into this. Because that's all I saw. I'm sitting here, I'm an Italian guy. So I grew up in an Italian family. And I'm sure you've heard of, oh, Italians have bad tempers. I've, that's what I grew up with, and that's, that's what I was conditioned with. Used to be, oh, he's a Fonte, don't piss him off. Because... I'm Italian, and I want to say that's the biggest load of crap because the only reason that Italians have bad tempers is because we believe and buy into the fact that, oh, society says that Italians have bad tempers. Generationally, we have bad tempers, and you're exposed to it. You have a dad who utterly destroyed you, and the reason he destroyed me is because he was destroyed. And all he did was pass that on because he could never figure out how to break that cycle. Well, I was finally able to break that cycle, and I'll share with you in just a little bit. So stay tuned. You can't leave yet. I'm not letting you. Yeah, 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 you're listening to this, but you're not leaving. promise you. You're going to want to stay, stay tuned for this. And yeah, I'm being funny, but that's okay. That's what the show is about. So I struggled with anger, this bitterness, this insecurity. I lost so much in my life. I was an absolute mess. I was trying to control every single thing in my outside world. Everything. That's where the narcissism comes from. Every time we try to control something or someone outside of us, we are being narcissists because we're trying to have the world and everyone around us do what we want. And guess what happens when you try to control the outside world? You actually lose more control of yourself. 
absolute control in yourself. And that's exactly what I did. And that's where the anger, I would snap. I would yell. I would throw things. I would hit people, throw things across the room. I was an absolute mess. Again, I hated it. But this is all I knew. I had all this pain inside me. I wanted to be different than my dad. But I can never seem to get past it. Never. I thought I was destined to be this angry guy. I really thought I was destined to be that because I tried everything, so I thought. For years, I tried just to do positive thinking. Oh, I'm positive and happy all the time. What kind of crap is that? Seriously, being positive all the time, thinking positive thoughts all the time, it's not possible. And if you ever see somebody or hear someone say that they're positive and happy all the time, run from them. Please run from them. They're lying, or they're high, or they're drunk, or they're all the above. And the reason they're doing that is they're actually trying to convince themselves that they are positive and happy. Because deep down, they don't believe it. So they have to get validation from other people. They have to validate themselves by hearing it. And in reality, they are miserably on the inside. I was that guy, so I know that. I was trying to be positive thinking. And to me, that is just top-of-the-surface kind of, kind of fix. It doesn't go deep, deep down into who we really are. So I want to give you an example, and a brief example of an apple tree. And, and why am I using an apple tree? Well, because it's a great mental visual. What is the job of an apple tree? To grow apples. That's it. That's its purpose. It doesn't look at the other trees around it. It doesn't look at the environment around it. It just wants to grow apples. So that's what it does. So what happens when the tree begins to grow bad apples? What happens? Does it get pissed off? Does it freak out? No. It continues to, to, to grow bad apples. But what do we do? We take the bad apples off, throw them away, just hoping that the tree would just grow bad apples. Uh, Hoping that the tree would just grow good apples again. But it doesn't. So what do we continue to do? Take the apples off and hoping that the tree begins growing apples. Again, it doesn't. So what do we do? We get pissed. We get frustrated. We get overwhelmed. We blame everything around us. We blame the environment. We blame the other trees. And what happens is we become the victim. The tree becomes the victim because we're blaming outside forces. And what's really going on is the symptoms inside. So what you see in this bad apples, the bad apples aren't the problem. That's a symptom. What's going on is inside the roots, the soil. There's something that needs to be healed within the soil. There's something that needs to be healed within the roots, in the trunk. And if you heal what's deep down causing the pain, causing the soil to be tainted, the, the roots to be sick, and you heal that, and the roots become healthy, and the soil becomes healthy, guess what you get? You are producing great apples again. Woohoo! Great apples. Well, that's true of us. We are just like the trees. The soil, the dirt, the roots are inside of us. When we are trying to control the outside world, we are, in, in effect, trying to pick the bad apples off. And then we get more frustrated, and we get more pissed, and we get more upset, and we get more depressed. We get more disconnected from who we truly are. But we begin believing that's who we are because we think that our outside world is, is, is real. And that's going to be for another episode. I want to go into deeper how our reality is not real. 
So I'm just giving you a little tip of what's going to be coming down the road. Okay? So stay tuned for that. But we think it's real. And we begin to suffer because we think that's just who we are because that's all we see. That's all we know. So then we take that and go into our world. And we are operating from that belief system. And most of the times our beliefs we don't even know are actually happening. Everything we experience, everything we go through, we store down unless we fully process it. Especially men, we're taught, oh, just get over it, just move on. But unless you actually dive deep, unless you, unless you actually dig in, you don't just get over it. You just push it down and store it. And it's going to affect some form or fashion. For me, it affected every single area of my life. It affected my relationships. I didn't think I deserved great relationships, so I chose relationships that were toxic because I was toxic. And if I did get someone in a relationship that wasn't toxic, I would find a way to sabotage it because I didn't feel I was worthy of it. A lot of the insecurities came from this. I sacrificed who the hell I thought I was. My actually true self, I sacrificed myself. I wanted to be accepted, and I wanted to be accepted. I wanted approval, especially from my dad. And because I didn't get that growing up, I would shrink just to be accepted. I would move who I really thought, who I really was. So I would adapt, shift, change who I was, truly was, to be what I thought others wanted to be, wanted me to be, to be accepted. And because I shifted, because I sacrificed my own self, my own desires, my own well-being, I became disconnected from myself. And because I became disconnected from myself, I became depressed. But I want to stop for just a second, and I want to share a story that led to me seeking outside of myself, led me to seeking approval from my dad. Can I share that with you? Well, I'm going to anyway, so you don't have a choice but to hear it. Or tune it off, but stay tuned. Come, please. You wouldn't stay in. I know you do. Ha ha. So here it is. My dad. And I'm going to share this story that goes all the way back to high school. And then I'm going to tie in another story that was in college, which was several years later. So back in high school, my dad did not show up for my high school graduation. You may be thinking, damn, what an ass. Yeah, and you're right, he was. But there's more to it. The reason why he didn't show and what it really did and how it impacted me. And it wasn't a great reason, mind you, but he thought it was, obviously. So at the time, my mom and dad were separated. And they were fighting, so he didn't show up at my graduation. I wanted my dad's approval. I told you that already. I wanted my dad's approval. I wanted my dad to be proud of me. And I thought for sure that graduating high school would accomplish that task of that goal of being getting his approval. Because my brother never graduated. So I'm the only one that graduated. And when he didn't show, it was like a, a throat kick, throat punch, stomach donkey kick. I mean, I got floored. But on the surface, I was like, screw him. His loss, not mine. But deep down, I was devastated. Once again, I felt rejected. I felt abandoned. I felt as if no matter what I do, I'm not going to get approval. 
it's not going to matter, so why even fucking try? Consciously, I was not aware of this. That was all stored in deep down. So I go in the military. Actually, I, got, I went in the military to get away from all the environment I was in because I was getting in trouble. I saw my brother go to prison, and I was headed that way. So I go, I had enough sense to go, I need to get the heck out of here. I need to get away from the people I'm around so I get a fresh start. But if the problem is, is I still had all those struggles, all that pain, all that anger inside me. So I couldn't get over it. It just went with me. And I built bombs and missiles and messed with a lot of different munitions. Isn't that funny? I'm an Italian guy, and the government paid me to wire up buildings and deal with bombs and stuff. It's kind of ironic. Italian guy that's trained on doing this stuff. But I did all of that, and I actually lost my security clearance because they kind of frown upon a guy who is angry and unstable. I don't know why, with all these explosives around, why would they be so kind of uh, unsure? (laughs) But really, I lost my security clearance. I actually almost got kicked out of the military. I got arrested twice in the same week, just like three days apart. And that moment woke me up temporarily. I was able to get a good conduct medal. I was able to get honorably discharged. And I was still trying to figure out how the hell I did that, but I did it. I get out, I'm doing well, and then as time went on, the darkness would consume most of my time. Now, by this time, I'm in college. And this is five years later, six years later, somewhere around that time frame. I'm in college. I'm doing great. I'm starting off powerfully. I'm getting A's. I'm moving along. I'm on track to, to, to graduate early in like three years. And it was about the third semester or so that things started to fall apart. And back just a little bit ago in the message I shared with you that I got disconnected from myself, that I got depressed. I was always depressed. I now know that the anger and all the insecurities was part of that depression. But it didn't make and really show its head until this moment. So I'm in college, and I absolutely fall apart. I'm missing classes. I'm getting S. My grades are falling. I had no motivation to move forward. None. And I couldn't understand why. I'm trying to push. I'm trying to push. And the further I tried to push, the more resistance I faced. And I'd fall apart. To the point that I had this rage build up inside me. And when I mean rage, I mean I would go from fine to lunatic in like 2.2 seconds. And it did not take much to freaking set me off. I had no control over it. I would literally feel it welling up inside me. Feel it welling up inside me. And I couldn't stop it once it hit. And I would be attacking people, going after people, and I was miserable. But I wanted to do it all by myself. I wanted to fix myself because I'm stronger than asking for help. That's what I believed. I'm stronger than asking for help. That's foolish. That actually made me weaker. I finally realized at one point that I could no longer do it on my own. I was absolutely terrified of myself. I mean terrified. I didn't know what I was going to do. So I finally go to the doctor, and I go to the doctor on campus. 
and I'm in the exam room. I'm waiting for him to come in. I'm sweating. My palms are sweaty. I am nervous because I'm scared to share this. Being vulnerable, feeling weak, feeling less of a man. Doctor comes in, asks me what's going on. It actually took me 15 minutes to share what was going on. 15 minutes. That's how messed up I felt about sharing. And then he looks at me and says, I just want you to know something. It takes a stronger man to do what you just did and share that. Thank you. And I go on to share with him. I don't understand why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. I'm bodybuilding. I'm in the gym all the time. I'm exercising. And research shows that exercise reduces depression. And it reduces stress. So I don't get it. I mean, I had mental discipline. I had physical discipline. So why am I struggling? I don't get that piece. And I want to stop for a second. You ever heard the term, you got to be, you got to train your mind to be stronger than your emotions? You ever heard that? That's the biggest crap, load of crap I've ever heard. Because again, I had physical discipline. I had mental discipline. But I was a train wreck. You have to master the three elements, the physical, the mental, and emotional. You have to master all three of those and understand how they work together in order to have true freedom. Because they work together. And actually, the emotion triggers and is in more control of the mental than we think. But we're taught to stay away from the emotional, to get over it, to let it go. I'm not going to get into that now, but just understand that those three factors, you have to understand how they work and how they play a role. I did not know this then. I do now. So here I am in this doctor's office, freaked out, not understanding my, my ailment with being so full of rage, so full of anger, so full of bitterness, extremely toxic, and not understanding why it's happening. And he looks at me and says, can you imagine how you'd be if you weren't working out? Whoa. That scared the hell out of me back then. So he sends me to a psychiatrist, and this is how I found out what the problem was. And it tied back to that story back in high school. Here I am in college. I'm going to graduate again. I'm the only one that went to college out of my whole family. And what was playing behind the scenes? That story. Tony, you're going to graduate in a few years. Your dad's not going to show up to this either. Why even try? It's not going to make a difference. You're going to feel abandoned and rejected all over again. Do you really want to feel that pain? Do you really want to feel that way again? It's okay. Step back. You can stop now and you'll be safe. That's what our minds do. Try to keep us safe. But the beliefs and the patterns that we're holding on to to keep us safe are the actually same patterns that will hold us back and sabotage us. And I learned it was because of my dad. That story. I get kicked out of the one school because I failed too many times in one class. But I, I kept fighting. I kept fighting. And I went to another school. I was able to transfer to another school. And it took me five years, but I finally graduated. And guess what? My dad did show. Partly because I told him I'd never speak to him again. But I did that out of anger too. Because I was able, able to confront my dad. But I was able to do that. And anger to say, if you're not there, I'll never talk to you again. Because I confronted him on that piece. 
but I never fully let it go. So I'm moving along. I get put on medicine. Doctor tells me I had a chemical imbalance and need to be on meds. I tried several different meds to make sure my body cooperated with the right ones, and I was on several different ones, and then I was maxed out on dosage. But I still struggled. And I was drinking on top of that because I was a heavy drinker. I was drinking on top of my meds. That's never a good thing because the meds actually intensify the alcohol effects. So I was a mess, absolute mess. So, and I would fall apart. So every time I drank and every time I was on my meds, I would, to kill the pain, that's really what I was doing is trying to kill the pain because I didn't want to face the pain. I would end up making things worse. And that's ultimately what I did. And I was told I would always be on medicine because of this chemical imbalance. The only reason that people really stay stuck on meds, for one, is they buy into that they're going to be on them for the rest of their lives. And secondly, it's because medicines only treat the symptoms. They don't get to the root cause. I remember being at a Tony Robbins event, and I was doing the Unleashed to Power with the whole walking on fire thing. And I may even share that story at a later time because it's funny when leading up to walking on fire. But I remember him saying this, and he asked this question. You ever see a depressed person on medicine who was no longer depressed? And he yells out, no. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I, I was that guy. And he says the reason that meds don't really work long term and why people are still depressed is because they only treat the symptoms. But if you get to the root cause, the symptoms go away. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so true. I'm living proof of that truth because I was on medicine for two years. And I got pissed off one day. Isn't that a shocker? The angry guy getting pissed off. But this time the anger moved me. It moved me to change, to move further up and higher in consciousness and higher in vibration, higher in energy. Even though it was still low, it moved me out of my grief, out of my sadness, out of my depression, just a little bit, to say, I've had enough. And I was able to get off the medicine within two years. Able to get off the medicine, although I still struggled. But I was able to get off the medicine. And then I was doing a little bit better. I'm going to personal development seminars. I'm reading personal development books. I'm studying human behavior. I'm studying freaking every single book on neuroscience and the brain. And people are looking at me like, how many books can you read on the brain? I'm like, I'm trying to figure out why I keep hitting these walls. Because I couldn't understand why I was hitting these walls. I'm like, I wanted nice things. I wanted great relationships. I wanted success. And every time I started off great, I would hit this invisible wall. And I couldn't understand it. And I was frustrated, which made me more depressed. I felt more of a failure, less of a man. Because I'm struggling. I want more. Why the hell can I not get forward? All these people I'm comparing myself to, which is another thing. But I'm comparing myself. I'm good. I'm just as good as they are, if not better. Why am I still struggling, but they're doing great? I didn't understand their story. But I wanted more. Every time I'd start off great, guess what would happen? I would run into that damn invisible wall. And I'm like, why? Why? Maybe I am not supposed to be successful. Maybe I'm supposed to suffer. I'm destined to suffer. Or maybe God's punishing me. I believed all of that. I tried everything. 
Remember I said that? I tried everything. I thought I did. Because no matter what I tried, I always fall back. Here I am reading all these books. I'm listening to all these audios. And I'm still struggling. Now, I did see some change. I did see some growth. But it was temporary. I would ultimately fall back down. And I'm giving you just a taste of these stories. A taste of the crap that I went through. The pain and suffering. All tied back to the stories that I bought into from my dad and my childhood. Living someone else's dreams and beliefs of me, which in reality was their beliefs, which were passed on. It wasn't until I really was broken down and I went through an extreme breakthrough. I had two breakthroughs, by the way. Why? Well, I'm a little slow and maybe I'm an overachiever. I don't know. It took me two. I'll get to that in here in a second. That I finally began to break the cycle. Finally began to heal all the pain and to learn all the stories. And some of them I'm just sharing with you. But I will share more as we go. And that's what this podcast is all about. Sharing all these messages. Why? To inspire you. To change your life. To give you hope. To know that you can do it too. Because if this crazy Italian can freaking do it, anybody can do it. I went my whole life being this angry guy thinking that's just who I am. But it was a breakthrough that got me here today. So let me get to that. I want to go, there's two of them like I said. I had to go below rock bottom. I remember having this conversation. Hey, God, I don't think, is this really good enough for me to really change? Is, is, is this really what's supposed to be for me? Is this really my, my thing? And he's like, are you that freaking dumb? Seriously? Do I really got to show you? Do I got to break you down that much to show you and help you get up here to who you truly are, to help you remember who you truly are at your core? Do I really have to do that? And I'm like, um, yeah, sure, yes, yes. I need you to do that for me. All right. But everything plays a role. Everything we go through has a purpose. And I want to share with you the purpose of these breakthroughs after I go through these breakthroughs. The first one was the catalyst for the second one. This first one had to happen for the second one. But I want to go through this first one. The first one encompasses tragedy. So I'm going to take you back to that moment of tragic tragedy. There's a lot of tragedy in my life, but this was the, the worst thing I've experienced in my entire life. So I'm going to take you back to September 28th, 2011. September 28th, 2011 at approximately 9.28 p.m. is the moment... My worst nightmare became a reality. And if you hear emotion, it's because it still gets me. And I never know when it's going to hit when I share this. My wife passed away unexpectedly in her sleep. 
she had an overdose on her pain meds. My daughter and I checked on her from time to time, but we just let her rest. And 928 is when I found her on the couch. And I, I can recall and relive and share with you every single detail of that night. I can still replay it. I can share with you the words my daughter asked me, and the questions she asked me as I grabbed her to run upstairs to call 911. And she asked, Daddy, and she was five at the time, is Mommy going to be okay? And I replied to her, I don't know. But I deep down, I knew that she was gone. I can tell you how many chest compressions I did waiting for the paramedics to get there, which seemed like so long, like it, time just stood still and like I was going forever waiting for them to get there. And I know it didn't really take that long. I can tell you the words the paramedics said to me as he knelt down. And he sympathetically whispered these words to me. I am so sorry for your loss. She's in a better place now. I remember a couple days after her death, trying to just make sense of it all. Thinking I was in this, this nightmare, this dream. And when I woke up, she would be there. I felt like I was in Groundhog Day. Reliving the same nightmare over and over and over. Hoping that she would come back through that door. But she never did. And I remember getting scared. Because I didn't trust myself. I already shared part of my story about being depressed and drinking heavily. And being this angry guy. Why was I scared? Because now I had a daughter who depended solely on me. And I couldn't fall back into that depression. I couldn't fall back into that heavy drinking. I was also scared because I didn't want to project my anger onto her. And I remember just saying, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this on my own? I'm so scared. I was confused and lost. My wife was only 30 when she passed. 30. And we were only married six months. How can this be happening? How can this happen to me? How can it happen to my daughter? I couldn't handle my damn emotions. I was numb. But I'd also get angry. And then I felt bad for getting angry. How can this be happening? Getting angry when I saw parents and saw families out and they had their moms. And my daughter didn't have her mom. So angry. I was so sad. But I was trying to be strong for my daughter. But I learned that me breaking down actually showed her strength. But I couldn't control it. That pain is so deep and so unbearable. I can't even begin to put into words how painful it was. The good news, I never fell into that deep depression. I never went back into that the heavy drinking. 
The bad news is, I projected my anger onto my daughter. I went back to what I knew, which was trying to control every aspect of my life. Trying to get my daughter to do exactly what I wanted her and how I wanted her to do it. Trying to get everybody to do exactly what I wanted, how I wanted to do it. Why? Because if I can get everybody to do what I want them to do, if I can get everything in my outside world to do what I wanted them to do, my suffering will go away. And when it didn't, I would lose control. I lost control of myself trying to control the outside world. And I would snap and I would yell and I would be physically, emotionally, and mentally abusive to my daughter at times. I used to be so ashamed of that. I used to be so ashamed of my anger. I held it all in, which consumed me even more, which made it even worse, made all my insecurities, all that toxicity even worse. And I'm trying every single thing to not get mad. Don't get angry, Tony. Don't get angry, Tony. I hated it. I absolutely hated to be freaking angry. And I'm fighting. I had this internal battle with myself, trying to fight this. And every time I lost, I really began to think I was destined to suffer. I wanted to be a good dad. I wanted to be a good man. I wanted an amazing relationship. And I'm working, and I'm working, trying to get over the anger. I'm going to pastors. I'm going to mentors, trying to, to get a guidance on this. And they're telling me, just give it to God. Just give it to Him. And if He takes your anger away, great. And if He doesn't, well, you're just going to have to depend on Him for strength, but he'll use it. Then, they're also telling me, you may be inflicted with this anger your whole life, which is already affirming what I was already believing, that I was destined to be angry and suffer. I'm like, why would I be destined to be angry my whole freaking life? How is this going to serve anybody by me being angry and lashing out and being physically and emotionally and mentally abusive? How is that going to happen? How is that going to matter? I don't understand how that's going to work. They didn't have an answer for that. But they told me to not be ashamed of the anger. And that's one thing that was magic. But that was just the beginning piece. There were so many other missing pieces to that puzzle that I later found out. I'm working, though, and I'm working, and I'm getting some, some leeway. And I started getting inside thinking, maybe I'm getting over it. I'm not as bad as I was. I'm certainly not as bad as my, my family, my dad, my brother, so I must be getting better. I'm getting excited that this is what's happening. I'm like, yes, I'm finally getting better. I'm not being homework psycho. What do I mean by homework psycho? Every time that I'm working with my daughter and her schoolwork, I would lose it every time. I want you, I'm going to ask this question to you, and you can leave me a comment. You can send me a message. Have you ever been guilty of, of homework psycho? Where you freak out during homework? I thought I was the only one, but I'm learning more and more. There's a lot of people that suffer from homework cycle, which is proof that nothing good comes from doing homework. I'm just saying. I'm just going to throw that out there. But I lost it almost every time. Again, I hated it. I would get so mad 
freaking get scream at her and then get mad for her crying. Tell her to leave the room because I don't want to see her crying. Have her come back. Sometimes, sometimes say sorry. Other times I just go right back at it. I hated it. And I was freaking miserable. Miserable. Absolutely miserable. But I finally started getting some leeway in that. And I was doing great. I was getting excited until, bam. Second breakthrough was about to come. This beautiful blonde walks into my life and I get remarried. We were both toxic. Shocker, right? We attract what we feel. And what we feel is who we are. She reflected everything back to me that I felt about myself. All the insecurities, all the fears, all the anger, all of it. She reflected back to me. It was an absolute roller coaster ride with her. And it was very short-lived, but it was very powerful. And I'm going to get to that in a moment. She was physically, emotionally, mentally abusive. I was emotionally and mentally abusive. The kids suffered. They suffered. They saw all this. Absolute mess. She would leave, come back, leave, come back. And it was this complete roller coaster. I mean, it was sucking the life force out of both of us. Both of us were barely surviving, trying to get the other person to fulfill something in the other person that only that person can fulfill. But we're trying to, hey, you need to fulfill this in me. You're not doing it. Well, I'm going to lash out. Both of us were doing that. Extremely toxic. I was worse than I was before. And it was at that moment where I really believed, holy crap, I'm just supposed to freaking suffer. God's really punishing me. Well, this is all I see. This is all I see in my family. So, well, this is what it's got to be. But then the breakthrough happened. She leaves for the last time. And I struggled for a moment. But I did have a moment of clarity. And again, I got pissed off. I know at this point you're shocked that I actually got pissed off. What? You get pissed off? No. promise you I did, though. I got pissed off. And I said, I'm done. I am going to get through this anger or die trying. I'm not dating. I'm not doing anything because I am the common denominator in all of this. In all my relationships, all my struggles, all my problems. I'm going to get to the root cause of this freaking anger. This is not consuming me anymore. Anger, to me, is a form of suicide. It slowly kills you from the inside out. Some people it takes a lifetime. Some people it doesn't take that many years to slowly consume them. I'm going to share a story about that here in a little bit too. So she walks out. I'm going at this anger. I just wanted to deal with the anger. I had no idea what I was up for. No idea. But as I went deeper and deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole, God, universe, divine, higher self, higher consciousness, whatever you want to call it, started revealing to me the deepest, darkest parts of my story that needed healing. And one by one, as I was ready, I began healing myself. One story, one moment, one experience at a time. That event happened August of 2014 when she walked out. That November, it was the day after Thanksgiving, I still remember this day, my dad has triple bypass surgery. Why am I sharing this story? 
you'll hear in just a moment. So he has triple bypass surgery. We're leaving the hospital. And my brother says to me, mind you, my brother doesn't have a filter, and you're about to hear this. Well, you know this is going to happen to you, right? Meaning I was going to have a heart attack too, and I was going to have heart surgery. That's where the filter comes from, or the lack of a filter comes from. And I looked at him and said, no, it's not. And he says, yes, it is. It runs in the family. Now, I want to step back just for a second and give a deeper backstory on why he's actually saying this to me, why he had freaking diarrhea of the mouth and just blurted that out there like, oh, it was just just something. At 41, just two years prior, he had a major heart attack. Age 41, he got out a week before my mom died. My mom died two years after my wife did. Same month, same week. I mean, same month, a week apart, just two years later. He is 48 now and has had six or seven heart attacks since. I can't even keep up. He's got a defib put in, too. I can't keep up. So that's why he's saying this to me. Because I'm destined to have a freaking heart attack. Because heart disease runs in the damn family. And I said, it's not happening to me. He says, it is. Again, he says, it runs in the family. And I said, passionately, see what I did there, passionately? You know why it runs in the family? It's because we're a bunch of angry assholes. What's the number one reason for heart disease? Stress and anger. This is not happening to me. I'm changing our family tree, and I'm breaking the cycle. Although back then, I didn't know what breaking the cycle meant. I do now. But I didn't know that back then. My soul was speaking that. It knew that I was here to break the cycle that has held and plagued my family for generations and generations. I was going to be the guy that broke the cycle, to break the mold, to heal them, to heal generations forward, and to break the mold. That's what I was here to do. That was my purpose. Unfortunately, I had to go through all that shit. I actually should say it's fortunate. Because it all happened for my good. When I look up and I go up a 30,000 foot view and I look down at everything that I've ever experienced, I see the divine orchestrated pattern here. Everything here was used for me to get to this point, being able to have this podcast, sharing this story, sharing this message with you. I had to go through all that. And at that moment, I said, I am done, done. I already said I was done a few months ago, but I was done, and I got to work, and I started healing new stories, and I did. I absolutely healed them. Am I perfect? No. There's always going to be struggles. There's always going to be challenges. There's always something to be healed, but I said I was done, and I did it. I got up to a good point. I wrote a book. I call that the foundational work, though. Because there's deeper stuff that I share now. But it's great to get someone up from the underneath the ground to ground floor, to ground zero, if you will. I've been able to do that because of those two things. And through this work that I've done, I realized that my wife's death actually has a purpose. Really, if you think about it, all death, all tragedy, all loss, all the shit we go through has purpose to it. 
if we sit back and allow ourselves to see it. Everything has a purpose. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for us, not to us. When we think that something happens to us, we are victim. We're a victim to our circumstances, and it controls us. When we become the victor, when we realize that, that life is happening for us, we gain our power back. And every time we heal a story, a tragedy, a trauma, which, by the way, any belief that you have stored down is a trauma. It could be good or bad, but we have traumas. Any story that we store down that we're operating from is traumatic, period. All of those have a purpose for us. All of it. And this, when my wife's purpose, her death, when it was revealed to me, man, it floored me. It rocked me to my core. I had so much intense emotion come up. Because at the point, I thought it was, I'm going to be sharing these messages and I'm going to share this story to impact people. But that was a surface level that was a surface-level purpose. It goes deeper, and it finally hit me. And when it did, again, it floored me. Everything has a purpose. And let me share with you the purpose of my wife's death. The purpose of my wife's death was to save me. Her purpose was to come here to this earth to experience the life she did, to meet me, to give me a daughter, to die, to save me. More importantly, she came here to give me a daughter to die, to have me raise a daughter by myself to save me. Let me share the power behind that truth, that awareness that I had. Had she given me a son, I don't believe I would have ever changed. Unfortunately, I feel I would have passed on the same generational curse that was passed on to me. She had to give me a daughter because it's my daughter that saved me. daughter saved me because there was a question that popped in my mind after all this started happening after the 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 ex walks out for the last time that moved me to finally do something because I saw my future I saw my daughter's future and I didn't like it and it scared me but here's that question Tony Kylie, that's my daughter's name, is going to choose a guy like you someday and marry him. If she were to choose today, would you be happy with that choice? Oh, hell no. I'd kill him. My reply back to myself was, well, she's watching. You got work to do. Man, that made me cry. And after I picked myself up on the ground, I said, I'm done. It's time. Had my wife not died, had she not given me a daughter, I would have never changed. Because that question would have never popped in my head. My daughter has been my greatest teacher. 
and I'm so grateful for her. I now know what a girl needs, which is ultimately what a woman needs. She's taught me how to get in touch with my emotions, to feel, to get to my deepest part of myself. She taught me how to love deeper, genuinely. And I am who I am today, thanks to her, thanks to my wife dying. And there's so much power in that. Because not many people can see the purpose in things. Because they allow all the pain, all the suffering, and all the struggling to block it. My wife saved me by dying. She died for me. She knew that I could do this. She knew that I could be this man and be this dad that I am today and be extremely powerful. But she knew that it was going to take something dramatic and traumatic to make that happen. So where am I today? Well, I've completely recreated my life from the ground up, from the inside out. I went deep within and I peeled back all the layers of pain, all the layers of struggle. And here I am today, completely recreated. I cured toxicity. Let me repeat that because it's extremely powerful. I cured toxicity. I have found more passion in my life. I found more excitement in my life. I've built an absolute amazing relationship with my daughter. I can proudly say I am the freaking dad I've always wanted to be. Always. The one I've always dreamed of but never seemed to get there. I'm that guy now. We've built an absolute unbreakable bond because I did the work on myself, which is allowing her to heal. And I show up more powerfully with her, myself, you all, the world, because I did the work. I did all this work. Completely recreated. I found lasting happiness. I found peace. There are so many people seeking peace and happiness. But they're doing it in ways that aren't that effective. And they're temporary. They're not lasting. I found lasting peace and happiness. I have this excitement and passion in my life. I found purpose. I have confidence to show up more powerfully. I have reclaimed all my power back. Do I still struggle? Absolutely I do. But now I have fun in the struggle, through the struggle. I face them head on, and they don't last that long. I used to be addicted to chaos. I used to be addicted to struggle. I know that sounds crazy, right? Consciously I wasn't. I was like, why does this keep happening to me? I want more out of life. But deep down, I'm going, yes, this is fun. 
because success scared me. My dreams scared me. Having everything I ever wanted scared me. Having great relationships scared me. Why? Because I didn't think I deserved them. Because I'm this kid that will just fuck everything up. I'm this kid that will just be rejected and abandoned. So why try? You're stupid and won't mount to shit. Those are just some of the things I can recall that were told to me. The stories that I bought into. The stories we buy into is what creates our reality and what creates us to take action or inaction or create sabotage or create success. We have that choice. But the only way to get through it is to go through it. You can't tiptoe around it. You can't walk around it. You can't climb over it. You can't kind of touch off it. You can't use other things outside of you. You want lasting happiness? Go inside. Heal the parts of you that need it. That you've been putting in the shadows, putting in the closet because you don't want to face it. That's what I've been able to do. Passion, excitement, amazing relationships. I show up confidently and powerfully for myself, my daughter, and those that matter most to me and ultimately the world. I wouldn't be able to sit here in front of this mic, in front of this camera to share this with you. wouldn't be able to do that had I not done this work. Probably the most important, I found freedom. Absolute freedom. Mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, relationally, freedom. How amazing does that even feel just hearing those words? What would freedom do for you in your life? And because I've been able to do all those things, I have a ton of fun in life. I can laugh through life. One of my gifts is helping people smile and helping them laugh. That's my gift. Although it wasn't that case for the longest time. I use it as a defense mechanism and to keep people at a distance because I didn't want them to see all the darkness, all the pain, all the thoughts I was having inside me. But now that I've healed those parts of me, I show up more powerfully and I show up as myself. And that is where the birth of the Tony freaking Fonte show came from. That is where the birth of laughing through life, less struggle, more fun comes from. And that is where you see today. Why? Because I want to show people how to laugh more, how to have more fun. How to struggle less because they're doing those things. How to bring more freedom and have the peace that they're looking for, the happiness they're looking for, and the amazing relationships. And you know what? To do what lights their soul on fire. That's what this show is about. And that is the birth. I hope this has inspired you. This is probably the most boring show ever because it's sharing the story, but we're having fun at the same time. I hope you feel that. And we are going to have fun because that's who I am. I am sharing my unique, unique way, style of laughter, inspiration, and transformation in these messages that I'm sharing on the Laughing Through Life show. So stay tuned. I hope you come back for more. And I'll see you on the next episode of Laughing Through Life. Less struggle, more fun. 